Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, pinky in the brain, the audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We strongly recommend that you do not gamble with funds you cannot afford to lose or with funds that are needed to pay bills. We recommend that you do not gamble with credit. The past performances of our hosts are not indicative of anyone's future results. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Casino Nomads. Now, I need to explain that Nomads, in this case, is spelled K-N-O-W-M-A-D-S because Lana and I know things about casinos and there will be no madness. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Trace and I are your guest hosts for episode 96 of our Casino Combat podcast, and we are thrilled that TRG loaned us the glorious Casino Combat Studios for this episode. Yes, we are. This is a really nice place. Now, let me explain what's going on today, everyone. As TRG was getting ready to start his Casino Combat podcast, a friend sent me a preview of the first episode and said, Hey, give me your opinion on this. You said a couple times that you and Lana might start a podcast once the two of you retire. And as we got to listening to TRG and his podcast, we realized that he and I are a lot alike. A lot alike. I kept thinking I'll meet him someday, but somehow, even when we are in the same casino on the same, or in the same city, we never seem to be in the same room at the same time. It's just weird. Let me explain what we're going to do today and why TRG asked us to fill in as guest host. Years ago, sitting in a VIP lounge in Atlantic City, I spouted off this crazy idea. A completely crazy idea. Sandy made you several drinks, and we got talking, and you just kind of came up with it. That's true. She did. Sandy's great. Anyway, I had this crazy idea for our retirement, and I'm going to borrow TRG's virtual VIP lounge at the end of the episode and tell you all about that crazy idea and how that happened. But before we get there, TRG sent me a question he received recently, and he wanted me to read that and his answer. I'll be doing a question segment on his behalf. We recently took a trip through Philadelphia and Atlantic City to test out my idea and to see if it really was something we would want to do in retirement. So I'm going to do a travel segment. A casino nomad is someone who knows so much about how casinos work that they can constantly move from casino to casino, putting together comped rooms, shows, meals, and gifts. So I'm going to tell you about our trip from that point of view. And since this is TRG's podcast, I will share our gambling results with you using his day's pay format. After that, as I said, we will meet in the virtual VIP lounge, or as I like to call it when I'm there, Trace's Oasis. Before I jump into all that, before I let Lana get out of here and do some things that she needs to do, I wanted to ask her to share something with you that she was telling me on our trip. Normally, Lana and I, we play blackjack or craps together at the same table. But several times on this trip, just before the tri- and just before the trip at our local casino, we ended up playing at different tables. And Lana, you said you noticed something that was kind of both interesting and annoying to you. So why don't you take over and tell everyone about that? Sure, Trace, thanks. You know, just as I sat down at a table, you know, pulled out my money, getting ready to play my hands and all that, you know, sitting down at a table with two other gentlemen and, you know, cards are going, I'm winning a few hands, losing a few hands, and every once in a while I still get those hands that I question, that I'm just sure, not quite sure what to do, and so I got, you know, an A6 against a 5, and the gentleman sitting next to me looks at me and he goes, well, you got to take a card, go ahead, take a card, and I just kind of stopped and I was like, I know. I was just trying to think if I needed to double that or not. He goes, well, you just need a card. I said, I understand. So I doubled and I won, which was great. 
And then another thing, you know, I thought, you know, he was then later asked a question. He had a 16 against a dealer, seven. And he was like, you know, I don't know. I, I hate 16s and kind of looked around. He goes, should I hit it? And I said, I would always hit 16 because you have 16 against 17. And he kind of looked at me, nah, 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 I'm not going to hit it. Sure enough, the next card was a nine and he would have had 19 and would have won. But I just found it really kind of interesting because as we continued to play, other situations kind of came up along that. And I thought, you know what? When you're sitting there with me at the table and I ask a question, sure, usually answer, but sometimes, I mean, you don't come right away with the answer. You kind of maybe help me to think through things a little bit or, um, but they just kind of was, were like, like I had no clue what I was doing. Like I didn't know what to play or I didn't know how to play. And I thought, is it because I'm a woman and most women don't seem to know how to play blackjack? I don't know. It was just kind of really an interesting thought that I had, an interesting observation that I had that when I'm sitting with you at the table, I get treated a little bit different than if I'm just there by myself making my own decisions about my play. So that's just, that's just what I observed. All right. And that's a point of view that I'm never going to be able to bring to a podcast. That's a point of view that TRG isn't going to be able to bring to a podcast. And I'm very sure that TRG's listeners appreciate getting that female point of view on things. And it's really annoying to know, one, to know that that exists, and then to also know there's probably nothing you or I are going to do to, to change that. So, Lana, I told you I wouldn't take up too much of your time for this. Thanks for sharing that with everyone. Let's get started with, I guess, questions TRG's sons ask. What? TRG's sons ask questions about gambling, and listeners ask questions about gambling. In this case, TRG provided a question a listener asked, and the answer he emailed back. And it goes like this. Hey, TRG, love the podcast. I have a quick question on your starting bet. But first, I thought I'd let you know how I found your show. A while back, I started casinoing, ABC. My goal was to just break even, but take advantage of the comps. My very first gift from a local casino was a smart speaker. While it was very cool, I wondered what to do with it. Why not search podcasts? So I say, hey, Google, play a casino podcast, and your podcast popped up. I've been hooked ever since. So my question is this. What is your starting bet in terms of a day's pay? If your day's goal is a day's pay, what is your first bet? I understand how to move up with Always Be Grinding and the Meta Martingale, but could not find out what your base bet is. I'd appreciate any insight you could provide. Thanks in advance. Also, my wife and I frequent the Borgata as well as other AC casinos quite a bit. I'll be looking for the vest and the boots at the table, LOL. E. So TRG says back, thank you. What a great story on how you found the podcast. That's really fun. You've asked a simple but very complicated question. It gets to the idea that your unit size at the start needs to be appropriate to your day's pay number. Let me illustrate. If your day's pay number is $100, this is more difficult to do if you start with a $5 wager and a $50 buy-in. Able to be done with a $100 buy-in and a $10 start. Easy to do most of the time with a $250 buy-in and a $25 start. Really easy with a large downsize if you start with a $1,000 buy-in and a $100 first bet. Like many things, this is about setting reasonable expectations and balancing risk and reward. So I'd suggest this general approach. Your day's pay number needs to be between 8 and 12 of your starting unit size. If your bankroll needs to be able to support that. Oh, and your bankroll needs to be able to support that. Sorry, folks. Got that wrong. So if your day's pay number is $1,000, you need to scale your bankroll around $100 starting wager. If you can't, you need to be able to add to your bankroll or reduce your goals while you build your bankroll. So the easy math. $5. Starting size, day's pay, $50. $10 starting bet size equal $100. $25, $250, etc., etc. One of the core concepts, win a small set amount and leave. 
That amount needs to be reasonable to your unit size. Hope that helps. Let me know if you need more clarity. I'll keep you posted on when we will be in town. I'm sure ECE and ACE and Jay Boots on the Ground in Philly C would love to meet you. TRG. That TRG, it's amazing the stuff he comes up with. I've learned so much from him. It's, it is absolutely amazing. So my understanding is that all I have to do is say the travel segment is next and T-Rex will take care of getting us from here to there. Let's go. Travel segment is next. In my opinion, inflation has done some really strange things to comps over the last six months or so. Maybe a combination of inflation and demand. We used to get comped Friday and Saturday nights most places. Now comps are easy to get Thursday to Sunday, but Friday and Saturday nights are tougher to get, and often the best we can do is a discount on a full price room. And we know our play has not changed, or that we're not gambling any less, so something else is going on. Inflation makes sense, right? The value of the room's going up, so the level of play to cover it has also increased. A level of play that used to cover Saturday night only covers part of Saturday night now. And if I'm being honest, I was a bit lazy in setting up our anniversary trip. Well, maybe lazy's not as true as much as I was involved in a lot of things that got my attention first. A little background, since you don't know me. I have a good relationship with Caesars. I used to be seven stars for a lot of years. That's their top tier. But in recent years, uh, I've just been a diamond player. That's been the best I could manage given where Caesars properties ended up fitting into my life. But I rolled that Caesars tier into a tier match with MGM, and we've gone to Borgata in Atlantic City several times, and we really love it. It is an excellent property, probably probably just about our favorite property in Atlantic City, except it doesn't have a beach. And Lana really likes to have a beach available when we're near the ocean. But I also got tier matched at Bally's when they split off from Caesars. So that gives us a lot of options as places with perks like free parking, free valet, and VIP lounges all around Atlantic City. So, as I said, inflation, and I started planning a little late, and the idea of arriving in Atlantic City on Friday and staying the rest of the week, as I'm doing the plan, and that's, that's looking pretty difficult to do. And even if I'm willing to pay for Friday and Saturday night, it's tough to find a place to stay to make it work. And so as a result of that, as a result of lack of rooms, even if I'm willing to pay money, I booked us into Tropicana on the boardwalk on a comp for Sunday night to start out the trip. The following day would be our official anniversary, and we've always talked about eating at Carmine's, a famous Italian restaurant, and they have a location at the Tropicana. So wanting to eat there, wanting to have some drinks with dinner, I booked us there at the Tropicana for just one night. We'd, we'd use our room comp. They were willing to do up to three nights, but I just took one night, and we'd get our free, bet, free bets, we'd get our comps, we get more free bets the next day and then move on to Bally's for two nights. We love Bally's. We loved it when it was part of Caesars. And now that it's part of the emerging Bally's brand, we try to get uh, involved there, get stay in there, be involved with that brand when we're in town. And they were willing to comp us two nights. So that sounded great because we're really focusing on MGM as a brand we want to be able to enjoy going forward. So we would then finish up our trip at Borgata, kind of being nomads, wandering around from place to place, from brand to brand. And from the point of view of each brand, we would have come into town for a couple of nights, used our comps, and moved on. A solid plan. A plan that would let us practice and use our casino nomad skills to have a great anniversary trip without spending much money. And most of it will be comped. That was the plan. But the entire thing just felt too short. I mean, I was willing to pay for Friday and Saturday night if I could have found a hotel. So Friday and Saturday night at home, just it was bugging me. It, it was on my mind that, that, that we should be doing more for this anniversary trip. That we should be trying out this crazy idea of mine with a, with a longer stay. And when we go to Atlantic City... 
we have to drive through Philadelphia. And every time, Lana says, we should stop here sometime. We should see the Liberty Bell. We should do that when we go to Atlantic City. So I thought, what the heck? You know, Trace, you were willing to pay for the weekend in Atlantic City if you needed to. You've been winning a ton of money gambling. Isn't it great that TRG taught us consistently how to win money gambling? Isn't that a great thing? That dude is so smart that he managed to figure it out and then teach all of us. And so I thought, I've been winning a ton of money doing that casino combat stuff. We can pay for a couple of nights in Philly with the winnings. And that made sense. So I knew Philly had casinos, but I thought they didn't have hotels. I knew that Harris didn't have a hotel, and that's a brand, you know, part of Caesars, so I thought about that. But I thought, okay, get a standard hotel room, do some sightseeing, stop by Harris some, do some gambling, so they would then be willing to comp us the next time I'm in town. That's one of those nomad skills, knowing that you need to visit a casino and gamble to get the comp started. As I'm searching for hotels, I find one, just a standard hotel, name brand hotel, right across the street or next door to something called Live Philly. And I think, we've seen that from the highway. It's a big building. I know Live is a casino brand. That's too big a building to not be a hotel. So I check, and they have a Friday, Saturday, buy one night, get one half off sale, that includes a resort credit, so you can buy food and that kind of stuff. And it's the same price for those two nights as the Marriott across the street. And then another company just about a block away. So I'm thinking, okay, perfect. We are being casino nomads now. This will work. We'll arrive on Friday, get some food, do some gambling, check out a new casino, get a new player's card, get all the free stuff for getting a player's card, then do the tourist stuff on Saturday that we wanted to do, then do some more gambling on Saturday night, and have a one-hour drive to Atlantic City on Sunday morning. Perfect. We can start building a relationship with a brand that has a hotel on our way to and from Atlantic City. Now, TRG, he likes to call these casino routes. It's a, it's a process of having relationships with different brands who are around each other. Um, so he would say, so you can exploit them. And he's not wrong, but I, I'll say we enjoy the benefits of multiple brands and multiple properties all on one trip. That is what a nomad does because they know things. I didn't learn that from him. I mean, I, I didn't call them routes before, but as a nomad, I knew starting from a base that you know, a place where you were getting comped and then building relationships with other brands or other casinos in the same area would create more opportunities for more free stuff. So, there was a fairly perfect anniversary trip plan to just wander from city to city, casino to casino, and try out my crazy idea, which I will explain when we get to the virtual VIP lounge. Much like TRG's battle plan, we now have kind of given you our travel plan. So now all we have to do for the rest of this segment, we just have to follow Trace's paces. Hold up, hold up. I just noticed there is a there is a package here in in the studio and there it is labeled Trace. It says open during the podcast. TRG. All right, let me get this open here. Let me open this up. It's a box with a hinge. Oh, it's a it's a ring box. There is another note. Really small print. Let me get my reading glasses. Like really, really small print on this note inside this box. Note says, Trice. This is the mock-up of the Casino Combat Ring before the proper ring was created. I'm convinced that my ring gives me the ability to change names and dates to protect the innocent and the guilty. The mock-up may let you do that too in some small ways, just once or twice, if you need to change names or dates to protect the innocent or the guilty during the travel segment. TRG. P.S. Please put the ring in the box in the drawer when you're done. Let me know if it works. Okay, cool. I, I don't see how that's going to be a thing for me, but ring on. Let's share Trace's Paces. We got to live Philly around 5 o'clock. Valet, Bellman, all the services you would expect. But you sometimes don't get those these days. And that's 
another problem for another day. But I appreciate the fact that they were fully functioning the way a casino and a resort should function. Beautiful building, right by a professional sports arena. Room was beautiful, modern, very large. Some really cool views. No complaints at all. I'd be happy to be back in that room anytime. After a quick cleanup, we went down to the casino. So, confession. I've been doing the vest thing. I know a good idea when I hear one. I went to CasinoCombat.com, went to their website, and I bought one of them in kind of a brown tan color. You know, green seemed too military, and I don't want anyone to confuse me with TRG at some point in the future if we're in the same room at the same time. So I went with brown, uh, not black. And he's right. It's a great way to be organized in a casino. We do get asked questions a lot, but I'm fine with that. I can always say, sorry, I'm just a guest. But here's the problem. The casino has a metal detector because it is downtown in a major city. And I'm thinking, okay, there's these metal rings, there's these metal buckles. Uh, I'm going to light this thing up like a Christmas tree, which, of course, I did. And as they wanted, as they wanted me to you know, take that little metal thing and, and run it all around you, they wanted to know what was near my right hip. And I said, it was, might be the rivets on the jeans. And they said, no, they didn't think so. So I said, oh, okay, it's this. And I pulled out a, a little cross that I carry in my pocket, something my dad gave me when I was just a little boy. I've had it ever since. And they said, yeah, it's probably that. And I said, right, it, it's that. And so it wasn't the small knife that I was carrying in that pocket. It was that cross. So my papa's cross came in handy in that situation, that's for sure. And then what's the next thing that the, that the young man says? He says, hey, that's a nice vest. And I say, well, thank you. Now, both Lon and I got our players' cards, and I ask about tier matching, and they ask which cards I had. And maybe TRG needs a casino wisdom about always ask about tier matching because, you know, when you join a new rewards club, because anyway, I showed them that I have a Caesars card, an MGM card, and a Bally's card, all at the third tier. And keep in mind, all those brands exist within an hour of Philadelphia. Not the same market officially, I guess, but I assume there are a lot of people that play in both cities. So, I show them my cards, and I get matched into the third tier. So, there's my Caesars card and my MGM card that I got from the Caesars card all helping me out. And they gave me a free travel mug and some free slot play. And the kiosks there, I got to stop, I got to tell you all this. The kiosks there, they're amazing. They are great. And that sounds a little weird, but casinos are the most important part in many ways of the casino experience. Kiosks, is, that's where you start. That's often the first part of your casino interaction. That's where everything gets shown. And often they are slow and they are old. And they have dim little screens, and it takes forever. But these were great. These were great big rectangles, like if you hung a 38-inch TV on the wall sideways. So everything's kind of right at eye level, right where you're just going to normally reach out. You're not reaching down. It was nice and fast, had lots of options, lots of choices. We played a little blackjack and lost a little money. And um, hmm, I... I guess I'm going to have to use that ring after all. Anyway, we ran into squad mate and podcast contributor Jay, boots on the ground in Philly, C. Great guy, very knowledgeable about the casinos in the area, as he was shown, as he's shown with his contributions to the podcast. And he was following one of TRG's casino wisdoms, number 11. You can't win the car from the couch. The casino was giving away a Tesla based on entries during the month. Sadly, he didn't win the car, but it was great getting to meet him and hang out with him just a little bit. The rest of the evening was mostly just a lot of winning. Well, for me anyway. Lana struggled, but we had a blast. I've been using TRG's wagering system too. always be grinding. The flow chart that ECE did is great. It's down, you can download it from the Fred part of the Casino Combat website. And I, I got a couple copies. I actually laminated one of them. And, and it makes it all kind of easy to follow. I've been doing well enough with it that I build up enough winnings at the beginning of July to do the Meta Martingale thing. And I feel like I have a big enough bankroll to do that now. The next day, we saw the attractions in and around the Liberty Bell building and Independence Hall. And we had a great brunch at the Red Owl Tavern. 
we were really impressed with downtown Philly in general. We can see, coming back to the area regularly, there's just a ton of stuff to do. A lot of stuff to do outside the casino. When we got back to the casino, Lana wanted to take a quick nap. And I went down to make some money to pay for all the things we'd just done to pay for the hotel room. Have you ever had anything TRG teaches you go so well that you eventually get bored? Well, I did that during the afternoon. I joined a blackjack table at one point. I got seven blackjacks in one shoe. I ended up leaving the table up two days pay. I played a slot machine, won 50% of what I started with. I checked the kiosks. I had some more free slot play based on my blackjack play that I had just done. I won money with TRG slot strategy number one. I went back to the same blackjack table. I won another day's pay. I saw a rocky slot machine. It makes sense. It's in Philly, but I've never seen one of those before. I played it. I won another 40%. Went back to the blackjack table. Still the same people. Won more than a day's pay again. Finally, I went up to see if Lionel was ready to get something to eat. The casino had a food court, and one of those options was a Guy Fieri. Now, I never can say that dude's name right, but Guy Fieri, fast casual taco place. Great tacos, really enjoyed them. After dinner, not only did Lana struggle, but I had back-to-back losing tables. Seven units on one, then six unit at TRG's Tier 2. I moved to Tier 3, not super worried because I'd been winning all day, but also knowing that a loss here would probably wipe out all my winnings for the day. Minimum. Maybe more. Since I hadn't really looked at how much Lana had lost so far to that point. Through the course of the play, I had built a small win stack, but since the win stack is $100 chips, even a small win stack can be most of what you've already lost, which is what I like about the way TRG lays this stuff out. And that wasn't going to matter because things then started to go south. I lost hand after hand, but I eventually won a hand, then another hand, which meant that I my next bet was a three-unit bet using Always Be Grinding. But keep in mind that three units at this part of the Meta Martingale is four of the units I started with. So a three-unit bet is 12 of my starting units. And it's a good thing at this point that Lana had had a few cocktails and she'd had some wine because she was not then freaked out about what happened next. And if she was sober, I suspect she would have been pretty freaked out at what happened next. Now, TRG, he talks about the unicorn hand. And that's when you're playing blackjack and you have pairs and you split them four times and then you double four times using basic strategy. I've never seen one of those, but I experienced a variation at this point. I got a pair that needed to be split and then a draw that required a double, and now I've worked through the small win stack I had, and I had to pull out more cash. Bought one more chip, but I kept the cash out because I had a feeling I knew what was coming. Again, I have a pair, and I need to split again. 12 more units, and a hand to stand on, and then a third hand that needs to be doubled. Another 12 units. I now have three hands and a total of five bets. And each bet is larger than a one-tier buy-in. Each bet is 12 Tier 1 units. And I'll have a lot of fun watching the dealer bust in four cards. As I said, Lana was a little worried as I kept handing over stacks of cash. But she celebrated with me as the dealer handed over all those chips. Paid all those bets off. Short time later, we colored up. Got our money. Went upstairs, called it a night, and I knew that on that one hand, I'd won more than enough money to pay for all the hotel costs for that part of our trip. We finished the Philly part of our trip up more than five and a half days pay as a couple. I'm holding up Lana's end a little bit there, but we had over three days pay in expenses. So basically a profit of two and a half days pay with the gambling paid for the hotel, the meals, and all the sightseeing. That is nomadic. That is perfect. And yeah, nomadic is spelled with a K. Our drive to Tropicana was easy. Tropicana AC is a place we have gone to more and more following the merger of El Dorado and Caesars Entertainment. We love it. Lots of good food choices. Valet is free. Check-in is easy. We love the Havana Tower. Our room was comped. No resort fees. And we each had a free bed available. And Lana had some free slot play. 
Now, Derek Carmines was great, but I certainly misunderstood what was going on. I saw the prices on the on the menu online, and I assumed that this was a super high-end Italian restaurant. It was not. It was a very solid Italian restaurant, but you know what? They need a big sign out front that they do not have. The waiter informed us that everything is served family style, but they had a few choices that would work for a party of two. And we said, okay. And I looked around the room, and there were lots and lots of tables for two. Lots of them. And the salads on them would have fed a family of five. Easily fed a family of five. Likewise, the appetizers. The food wasn't super expensive at all. It's that the portions were so large they had to charge appropriately. They were set up for big groups. Lana agreed to try the lasagna with me, which she knew I'm sure that I was going to order that anyway. That's what I was looking forward to. I'm a, I'm a lasagna guy. And it was it was one of the couples one of the suggestions that the waiter had for couples. It was very good, very good. Despite our best efforts, however, we were never going to be able to finish it. Honestly, I'd have needed a couple of my boys with me if we were going to finish that all off. Put a, probably would have been fine for a party of four. With a large group, Carmine's would be a great place. You would order salads and a couple appetizers and everyone could have a taste and then do the same thing with a few entrees. But I wouldn't recommend it for parties of two. Uh, unless, unless you're both big eaters. Unless you two big old boys, I would not recommend Carmine's for a party of two. Or even parties of four unless you're all going to have the same thing. And everyone's fine with that thing. We did some gambling after dinner. Probably stayed up too late since since it was our last night at the Tropicana. I ended up at Tier 3 of the Meta Martingale twice, but got nice wins both times. One of the things about using the Meta Martingale is that the casino sees bigger bets and you get better comps and better tier points as a result. Lana kind of struggled all day with the same buy-in, never really got anywhere with it. We did win a little money playing slots. Now, next day, we moved to Bally's. And this is where it gets interesting, and not necessarily interesting in a good way. So we followed the signs at Bally's to the hotel valet. And along the way, we passed a sign standing on the side of the, the driveway, indicating how much each tier has to pay to valet park. And my tier gets to park for free. Perfect. And as expected. We pull up to where there is a lot of activity at the valet. There is a lot going on. So... We wait patiently, and we wait patiently, and eventually things calm down, and an attendant comes over and says, you can't park here. And I said, I'm not parking here. I'm checking in. And he says, oh, well, you can grab a card over there if you need one, but you need to move this car. We don't have valet or anything today. Okay, not great, but honestly, okay, not that big a deal. If you would just cover the sign out front saying I can park for free, and if you had a sign right here where I'm trying to park saying valet closed, it would have saved a bunch of time and confusion. And then need another sign that says you can just use a cart and pull your own bags inside if you want. I mean, not doing that, it just, it's wrong. It reflects badly on the new ownership that that they can't explain that in some better way than a dude walking over and telling me I can't park here. So we unloaded the bags, Lana pulled them inside, and I f and found a bellman while I parked the car. It's now about 1 o'clock, and the line to check-in is already huge. People have actually brought lawn chairs, like kind you take to a, a, a kid's soccer game, and they actually brought chairs with them to set up and sit while they waited to check in. Now, fortunately, they have a special line for people with that Tier 3 card that I got. And so we just had a very short little wait. And I wasn't super surprised when I was told that my room wasn't ready yet. I mean, we that's fine. But they told us we could do all the paperwork. And then they would page me with a text message to come to the same short line when our room was ready. So, okay, fine. We figured... We needed to kill some time until probably 3 o'clock at the latest. And we had a couple of small bags that we didn't feel like dragging all through the casino that we hadn't put with the bellman. And the lobby has this new remodeled carousel bar. It's supposed to be the only rotating bar in all of New Jersey. So we figured, okay, we would have a drink and wait to get our text message. 2 o'clock comes and goes. 3 o'clock comes and goes. No text. So a little later, we have like a $100 bar tab, 
And not only have we spent way too much waiting for a comped room, but we both knew we couldn't just keep sitting there and drinking. So we ventured into the casino, played a couple slot machines, lost some money playing blackjack, and it's going to be about 5 o'clock soon. Back in line I go. And I explain what's going on and suggest this just isn't acceptable. And they say, oh, well, your room is ready. I'm not sure why you didn't get the text message. So fine, we head up to our room. And Lana's trying to put on a brave face, but this room is a disaster. This is our anniversary evening, and this is a little, tiny, dark, low ceiling, basically an attic with one room that is very high up, or one window that's very high up the wall and maybe 18 inches square and covered in grime. And another window a little bit larger with a view of a wall. All the furniture's beat up and scratched. Only one of three lights works in the bathroom. The headboard has a canvas picture set into it that is split down the middle and fallen apart. It's actually going to be kind of in your face as you're trying to sleep. TV is old, maybe 19 inches, sitting on a big, ugly stand. And as I said, Lana was trying to say it'll be okay. It's fine. I got a beach day planned tomorrow, so it won't be a big deal. And I'm like, no, this is not okay. Maybe just me, maybe just for a night, but this isn't okay. Honestly, no one should stay in a room like this. Bally's should be ashamed that they even put people in a room like this. And I'm thinking, boy, this nomad thing, this was not a good idea. We would have just done three nights at Tropicana and avoided all of this. Now, I checked the Caesars app, and the Caesars next door shows we can have two comped nights. So, perfect. But when I click on it, it says I already have a reservation in the area. The fact that we just checked out of another Caesars property means that we cannot get another night. So, I was offered a Neptune suite in the Ocean Tower for a few hundred dollars a night, and I booked it. And we left that room at Bally's, and we walked our bags over to Caesars. And that's a walk we know well, so not a big deal. And at Caesars, the VIP check-in was open. So I thought I would probably work something out with them. Now, the person in front of me in line was being really very difficult. He was insisting that he must have a suite. And he was refusing to listen when he was told that, yes, he normally gets comped a suite, but the, the lady at the desk, she couldn't put him in a suite because he was not checking out until Sunday. And they had to wait and see who else was coming in and who gets a suite and who don't get a suite. Well, they went back and forth a bit, and he finally left angry after she said, I can't. I'll get fired. I've done everything I can do. Well... I feel bad bringing her another request. I feel like she just had to put up with a lot. And I'll explain that we spent one night at Tropicana for an anniversary dinner, that we had a comp at Bally's we wanted to use, but that room that they put us in, it was horrible. And I was on an anniversary trip with my wife, and I didn't want to mess up her beach day. And I'll explain that the room had shown up as a comp, then I... But then I had a reservation in the area and that I had booked the room and would happily pay for what I had booked. But was there anything she could do on the rate maybe? And she typed a bit and confirmed I had only stayed one night at Tropicana and then asked if, it, if I was okay with $7 a night tourist fee and an ocean view. And I said yes as quickly as I could possible say yes. And she put us in a beautiful, recently remodeled room on a higher floor with not one but two big windows facing the ocean. One included the boardwalk. It was beautiful at night. We could watch the Ferris wheel changing colors and putting on a lot show down on the entertainment pier. The room had a huge TV and a wonderful bathroom, and we really appreciated it. And I guess that is being a casino nomad. We knew enough we did not want to stay in that room at Bally's. And I did go back to Bally's the next day, and they took off all the charges for the taxes and the fees and that kind of stuff, and a gentleman gave me his card and told me to send him an email the next time we were going to be in town, and he would put us in a remodeled room in the good tower of the hotel. There is an interesting thing to know from this. Bally's is a brand being reunited under new ownership. It's a young and growing national brand. The website does not let you book your own rooms. With larger brands, you know exactly what's being offered. With Bally's, you just call and say, I have a comp offer, and they book the room. Next time, 
I will know to ask. And if the answer is anything other than the ballast tower, my answer is no thank you. I have better offers. Lana got her beach day and really enjoyed it. I spent time winning money in the casino. Once again, to the point where it was kind of boring. It was funny though. At one point, a dealer asks, are you here for work or for vacation? And I thought for a minute and I said, well, my wife is out on the beach and I make a lot of my money gambling. So I guess it's a vacation for her and work for me. Tough way to make a living, I guess. After Lana got put together from after her beach day, we went down to resorts and did some gambling, won some money. Resorts is a brand we have visited a couple of times, and they have started sending us offers for comped rooms. That's important if we're going to live as casino nomads. We're going to need lots of options. We went to Landshark, which is a Jimmy Buffett bar right on the boardwalk, and got some food and enjoyed the ocean, and that place is crazy. Since we ate on the deck, you had to be careful. Seagulls were brave enough to try to take food right off your plate. Saw it happen to one lady. She almost lost a chicken wing because that seagull just came and took it right off her plate. Before we returned to Caesars, we stopped at the Hard Rock and we got a player's card and we played some blackjack. And once again, I think it should be a casino wisdom because I was able to tier match with Caesars and get to the third tier in the Hard Rock brand. At this point, third tier is, of course, the, the, the tier where good stuff happens. So I got tier cards for MGM, third tier. Bally's, Philly Live, and now Hard Rock. I got a lot of value out of that one Caesars card. We finished the evening doing a little bit of gambling at Caesars and then wrapped things up. The next day, it was time to move on. As nomads, we knew we would have a time gap between checking out at Caesars and then being able to check in at Borgata. So I had planned a, a dolphin-watching cruise out on the ocean. The captain of that boat really knew his stuff. About 30 minutes in, he had us right in the middle of a big, I guess they're called a pod. I don't know much, much about dolphins, but he said it was called a pod of dolphins, and they were jumping up on both sides of the boat. I got some great pictures and some great video. And after we had all seen the dolphins, our crews took us the length of the boardwalk before returning to port. Again, Really great pictures and video of the boardwalk from the Tropicana all the way to ECE's Ocean Casino on the other end. As we checked into Borgata, I looked over results and determined that after expenses, including the cruise, we had won just more than five days pay between Caesars and Tropicana. And that's after expenses, so not bad at all. We didn't have a lot of expenses. I should be more precise, though. I keep saying we checked into Borgata, and we didn't. We actually stayed at a second hotel called the Water Club. It's just a short hallway from the casino, though. It's not like it's really part of a different building. We never stayed there before, but we both thought the Borgata Tower was better. Regardless, Lana really enjoyed the pool after a day at the spa on our last day of our visit. On our first night, we had dinner at the Borgata VIP Lounge. Great dinner. And then we went to the bar for a drink. I love that they will pour complimentary doubles a 12-year-old scotch. We just planned plan to just have a drink and then get some gambling done since I hadn't made any money on the cruise. And it's got to be about making money at some point each day. But Lana overheard the lady next to her was a school teacher. And she started a conversation about school teaching. The lady's husband was a great guy. We spent a long time talking with them, and every time a bartender asked if we needed another round, someone in the group said yes. It cost me 10 imaginary dollars to get into the VIP lounge as an MGM Gold member. I think I ended up drinking about half a bottle of McClellan 12, so that's a very fair price. I do not mind giving them 10 of their imaginary dollars for a dinner and half a bottle of good scotch. At one point, we got talking about playing slot machines, and Lana starts to tell them about the TRG slot thing. And, well, I start explaining it and ended up drawing a bit of a crowd. Several other people stopped their conversation and gathered around. And at one point, one lady, she says, I need to take notes on all this. But Lana, she's prepared. She had cards for the podcast in her bag. And I did not realize that. I did not realize TRG had sent those to her. So that was a good thing. She was able to tell people about the podcast. Now, TRG, he always says how much he loves VIP lounges, and he's right. We had some great food, met some really nice folks. For us, 
This will be part of being nomads, knowing when VIP lounges are open and having the right points or comps to get in and eat free meals on men and nights. Well, now we are pretty well lubricated, and we went to the kiosk to collect our free play and our comps. And the lady in front of us said, here, the comedy show's starting in about 10 minutes, and I can't go. So we went and saw the show with her tickets and then did some gambling. And as I mentioned, the next day, the last of our trip was a spa day for Lana. And I got to work winning money. When she finished up, I suggested that as crazy as it sounds, we go to Chicky and Pete's at the Tropicana. Because I want a Philly cheesesteak, and they make great Philly cheesesteaks. Now, if you don't know about Chicky and Pete's, great restaurant, great seafood, Great cheesesteak sandwiches, including lobster cheesesteak. I've never heard of lobster cheesesteak before, and I have not tried it. But they must be good because Harris in Las Vegas just opened a location of the same restaurant. So if you're in Las Vegas, if you're in Atlantic City, I strongly recommend Chickie and Pete's, and I strongly recommend that you get the Philly cheesesteak. We grabbed a quick cab since we knew that t- from TRG that it would only be a $13 crab ride. We played our free play at the Tropicana, we had our food, and then we headed back to Borgata to wrap up our night with a comped burlesque show and some gambling. With it being Thursday night and the weekend starting, by the time we showed the show let out, most of the lower limit tables were full. And I said, Lana, I know you don't like to play $50 tables. I know that's not something you're normal comfortable doing, but we've won plenty of money on this trip. So just go ahead and play, and let's have fun. Just play the way you always do, but just with more chips. If you lose, you lose. We will still have paid for all our expenses and won money on our nomadic anniversary trip. We played for several hours. I won a couple days' pay, and Lana finished up just a little bit. As we started our car and started home the next morning, our records indicated that even after paying for the spa and some meals, One night at a reduced rate in the hotel, we still have a profit after expenses of four days' pay. And that's not too bad. But of course, we are casino nomads. As we stopped for gas just past Philly, Lana remarked that we still had a lot of driving to do. And I said, well, I've got at least three more sets of clean clothes left. What about you? We're going to pass right by a My Choice Casino with a hotel on our way home. And we're going to be there just right around supper time. We still have several more hours driving to do from there. Do you care if you're home tonight at 9.30 or 1 o'clock tomorrow? Alana, she said, didn't matter to her. And she also had plenty of clean clothes. So while she did some driving, I set us up with a room reservation that we paid for with My Choice's My Cash imaginary money. We did a little happy hour in our rooms, comped ourselves a meal in the food court, and won a day's pay before calling it a day and wrapping up our vacation. We lived like casino nomads, just moving from one free thing to the next free thing. We learned a good bit about what did and did not work for us. We had a great anniversary trip, and after that dude opens the champagne, I'll be in the virtual VIP lounge to explain where the Casino Nomad idea came from and talk about what we learned on this trip. A little bit of the bubbly. Alright, welcome to the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, or as I like to call it, Trace's Oasis, because I got friends in low places. I checked with T-Rex. The artisanal still water issue from last episode has been resolved. We also have sparkling water if you prefer. Along with TRG's virtual goodies, I've taken the liberty of adding an excellent virtual handcrafted locally bottled root beer and a great virtual IPA. Lana has made sure that a couple of my favorites are available on the virtual buffet. Boy, TRG is right. He should have had one of those from the beginning, but... Lana has added virtual cheeseburger sliders and pulled pork sliders. So, grab a virtual something, and if you can, feel free, press pause, grab a real-world something. Lana is a sweetheart. She actually made me a slider to go with my root beer today, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to be careful that I do not get any barbecue sauce on TRG's microphone. Before I tell you how this crazy idea of mine occurred, let me tell you 
about where it occurred. Because where is important to the story. At least it's important to me that I set the stage properly. The Bally's in Atlantic City used to be part of the Caesars brand. And they have an amazing VIP lounge. It is terrific. It's probably our favorite VIP lounge of any VIP lounges that we've been in. And great big tall windows. Uh, great food. They used to serve a brunch on Saturday. Every Saturday from noon to two, they would have breakfast food. And so we would go up there and, and we'd get ourselves some breakfast. And and then we'd go sit at the bar. And the bar's this great big long wooden bar. And then right at the end, it has this big round hook part kind of under this big chandelier. And if you sit right in that curve, if you sit right in that right spot right there, all you see is ocean and boardwalk and hotels. It is a beautiful view. It is one of my favorite places to sit. And so that's what we did. We had already made our day's pay for the day. And we got some breakfast, and we're, we're sitting there at the bar. And John Tabar is a friend of ours, and he gets us our drinks for free because that's his job. The drinks are free. And it is true that John was there, but Sandy at the bar is also a friend of ours. And on this fateful day that we're going to talk about, Sandy is our bartender. And Sandy is a great bartender. Sandy is what you would call a mixologist. And so you will tell her, hey, I would like to drink this. And then when she comes by the next time and asks you if you want another one, she'll say, now, I also make that, but I add this to it. Do you want to try that? I'll I'll make it for you. And if you don't like it, I'll just pour it out and get you what you ask for. But I think you would like this. And then the next time, she'll change it up again on you, which also gets you hanging around a good bit and drinking a good bit. But if you don't hate that, Sandy's a great bartender. So as I said, would want our days pay before brunch, and we had our brunch, and the drinks are setting in a little bit, and I say to Lana, we could just live this way. We'd just make our days pay, stay in comped hotel rooms for as many days as they'll give us, then move to the next casino, kind of like a nomad. And if we exhaust an area, we can't stay there no more, we'd just go do like two weeks in Vegas. Then we'd do two weeks in Atlantic City. Then we do a week in Detroit. Then we do like a week or so in Biloxi. Then we repeat the whole thing all over again. Now here's where it would start to make sense to me. Because we'll sell the house. we sell the cars. we sell all the stuff that doesn't have any sentimental value. We'll put the rest of it into storage. Like the pictures and, and, and all that kind of stuff. We don't get rid of everything. But we'll just get rid of all the other stuff. And so now the drinks are coming and I'm rolling. I'm thinking, no more house payments, no more car payments, no water, sewer, gas, electric bills to pay, no property taxes, no taking out the trash, no taking care of the yard, no home maintenance, no home repairs. That'd be pretty nice. Just free meals, free shows, free nice hotel rooms to live in, swimming pools, beaches, spas, all available everywhere we live. What a great lifestyle, right? Just, we just live in casinos. We just wander from casino to casino as nomads. And we hadn't figured out yet to spell nomads with a K. We hadn't figured out yet that we were going to know stuff, and that's why we would be nomads. That, that part will all come later. But now, Lana's got some questions. As, as we're enjoying our next drink, she's saying, but how do we get our clothes washed? A very practical question. And I said, well, casinos will do that for us. And they charge us a fee, but we'll just pay that fee with rewards points. We'll just pay that fee with what TRG calls imaginary free tax-free money. We don't even have to pay for it. And then she says, but what about getting my hair cut? And I said, well, casinos have a salon. We can just, you can just try them out. And then eventually you can plan on being in the right casino for the right salon on the right week. It's no big deal. And again, we'll just pay for it with resort credits. And sure, 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 once in a while we'll have to rent a car. Once in a while we'll have to pay for some airfare or a hotel stay on the way from A to B. But big deal. Compared to what we are saving, it's going to be nothing. And then we have Lana's pension. And we have my social security. And we just have those on direct deposit. And we have my retirement savings available. And we don't have any big purchases. There are casinos near where most of our families live in various cities. So we can just stay there. 
for the holidays. We'll just visit family, hang out in casinos. It will all work. The more we talked about it, the more it made sense. And now I'm expanding on the idea. Now I'm rolling. We can call ourselves Casino Nomads. And we'll start a YouTube channel. And we'll document everything. And we'll get ourselves a little dog and name it Ace of Hearts. And we'll record great content like Ace of Hearts fighting a seagull on the boardwalk for a french fry. Ace of Hearts playing in the ocean. Ace of Hearts seeing the Las Vegas Strip for the first time. We'll have our followers. We'll have people following us. And they'll be like the know-it-alls or the maddiacs or, you know, something like that. Something kind of fun. Something kind of silly. Um, and that'll be a lot of fun. And we'll make more friends like John and Sandy. And they'll get us our drinks for free. And then we'd know our favorite places and our favorite restaurants all over the world. All our favorite things to do. It was a silly idea. It was, it was a really silly idea. It developed over hours. And we laughed about it. We had a good time. But as we left the lounge, that idea didn't go away. We kept seeing the ways we could apply it. We kept seeing photo ops for Ace of Hearts. We kept seeing little dogs and going, oh, hey, that'd be a great little dog. Dog like that would be Ace of Hearts and go places with us. And we kept seeing little things that it could all work. We kept talking about it for years. We talked about it all during the pandemic. We started looking at our promotions and seeing how we could combine them and live in casinos for weeks at a time with proper planning after we retired. After we retired. That was always what we say. Oh, hey, you know, if we were retired, we could go here and here and here and do this and this and this. Well, Lana retires in just less than a year. Just right around the corner, Lana will be retired. And my retirement's a bit further off, but it's really not that much further. And there are ways that we could retire. I could retire sooner if I really wanted to. I could. I could retire sooner and, and, and just do this with Lana, just sell our stuff and just roam the country as nomads. So as a result, we used our recent anniversary trip that I told you about as a test run to see what we thought about actually being casino nomads. Couple of nights in Philly, then bouncing through Atlantic City, enjoying everything it had to offer, and at the same time, expanding the places willing to give us comps for next year. Looking out a year from now and thinking, what might be? How could it go? And honestly, here's our current conclusion. Maybe. Maybe we'll be nomads, but probably not. But maybe. Honestly, we could make it work. But we're feeling at this time that we want a home base. We want something to come back to, a place to call home. We want a place to enjoy our children and grandchildren with, a place that's ours. And as cute as Ace of Hearts would be, and you know he would be very cute or she, we are not sure we want to deal with a dog in and out of hotels constantly or having the additional task of creating content as part of our retirement. That doesn't necessarily sound as much like retirement if we're constantly editing video. And that's what trial runs are for. To see what things might be like. To see how you might like it. Now here's the crazy part. Even if we keep a home base and just roam from place to place for 10 days to a week at a time. When we're away from our home base, someone else is paying for the utilities we use. We're not heating or cooling our home in the same way we would if we were home. Someone else is providing our meals and entertainment as a comp in some way. Even if we are just using points and comping ourselves. And here's the final thing that we learned on this trip. If we're going to try to truly live in casinos, we have to act like we live there, not like we're on vacation. When we're at home, Lana gets up and works out and then enjoys her coffee. That workout still needs to happen, even in the casinos. Normally, while she's doing that, I get showered up, I get some work done, I catch up on banking and emails and news and all that kind of stuff. Contrast that with us on this trip. Sleeping in, getting brunch, me gambling first thing in the morning while she gets ready to go, gets put together. In our normal lives, we do not have happy hour regularly. We might have a glass of wine at 10 o'clock as we watch something on TV, but we're not up drinking all that all time. If we're going to live in casinos, we need to live our normal lives in casinos. Not live in casinos like we're on vacation and only enjoy casinos once a year. That would be an adjustment and something we should probably try out to see if we like it before we decide either way. So maybe we'll need to make another trial run. 
So if we do that trip, if we make another trial run, if we try to live like normal people who earn a day's pay and are done gambling for the day and just enjoy the amenities and our lives, if we try that, maybe TRG will let us borrow his podcast and share more of our lives as casino nomads with all of you. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, TRG, for letting me fill in for one episode. I've done my best to make sure everything I told you was true from a certain point of view. Bye, everyone. It was fun being here. Tip people at the casino who help you, including the slot folks, if you get a hand-paid jackpot. But listen to TRG and don't tip away your wins. Thanks for listening, everyone. TRG will be back next episode.